We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 29th, 2013. And um, we're going to uh, be continuing this study here. I'm just trying to get my microphone positioned pro- properly. Um, this next report is entitled Fed's Fight to Stop Christian Baptisms While Installing Islamic Foot Baths All Over the Country. And this is from Fox News. Uh, Fox News brings us some harrowing stories of government oppression of Christians here in our own backyards. In a recent article, he discussed the problems some churches in Missouri were having with the federal government. Um, Apparently, the feds don't like watching Christians baptize converts. And the federal government continued its fight against Christians recently as they worked to stop Missouri Christians from baptizing in public waters. The National Park Service recently began requiring churches to obtain special use permits in order to baptize converts in public waters. Uh, Going further, the National Park Service, or NPS, also began requiring these churches that wanted to baptize to give the NPS notice of their plans 48 hours in advance. So evidently they could be there to police that that criminal activity of baptism. To make sure that the churches didn't try to skirt these rules, the NPS even brought in boulders and large rocks to place along the path where the people would go down to the water so that the churches couldn't drive up their elderly congregants to observe the baptisms. Do you believe this? They're putting boulders in place so that the elderly congregants couldn't observe the baptism, like if they couldn't actually maybe walk the whole way. No, we can't have that. Or, or let's say they wanted to get baptized and they couldn't walk all that way. Well, too bad for you, you know. To make sure that they, um, okay, then it goes on to say, just a few weeks ago in the town of Olympia in Washington State, a church was denied a permit to have their baptisms in heritage parks, what what reason could the state have possibly for telling citizens they couldn't gather in a public area? The Attorney General said the partaking in a religious sacrament on public property was a violation of the state constitution. What lies from the pit of hell. The same thing happened to a congregation in Miami, Florida back in 2011 when the baptism service was shut down by lifeguards on a Miami beach. Meanwhile, all across the nation, the federal government is teaming up with smaller public entities to accommodate the views and beliefs of American Muslims. Universities across the country have spent thousands of dollars installing foot baths for Muslim students to use in their daily prayers. The University of Michigan spent $25,000 on its own, of its own money, to install these foot baths on their Dearborn, Michigan campus, where they've basically taken over the whole town. Um, just about several airports have used public funds to provide foot-washing basins to Islamic taxi drivers, with one airport even providing prayer rugs. In San Francisco's international airport, officials used hard-earned tax dollars to build a place of worship for their Muslim employees. While the Muslim community in America may get whatever they want from the federal government, uh, local Christian communities have to beg, plead, and pray. Um, and again, I don't think the, I don't think the Christian communities or the five hundred one c three corporate church should be going to the government for handouts. But I'm just saying, um, we're just trying to show the the ever increasing prejudice prejudice against the Christian uh, religion as opposed to the Muslim devil death cult that's getting all of this preferential treatment. Fortunately for our brothers and sisters in Missouri, their local congressman, Representative Jason Smith, stepped in and provided them with the necessary support to get the NPS, the National Park Service, to back down and rescind their policies. Missouri Christians can once again use the public waters freely. Uh, for I wonder for how long, though. Todd Starnes fittingly reminds us what John Adams once wrote, that, quote, nothing is more dreaded than the national government meddling with religion particularly when they're trying to promote evil religions. You know what I mean? I mean, overtly protecting them and promoting them. And this is what we're going to be talking about today, really, um, this particular subject. Next report. You won't believe what the National Park Services are praising Islam for. Now, these are the same ones that were just preventing 
the baptisms from happening, okay, the national, this is an incredible, absolutely mind-blowing, but seen as believing, the National Park Service has made videos praising Islam for its contribution to women's rights. (laughs) They're praising Islam. That would be like having a... um, a battered, a Ted Bundy battered wife home, or battered women home. That would be the equivalent of that, as far as irony, as far as uh, just, is this an absolute joke? Ted Bundy home for battered women. This is on par with that from an abomination level, I would have to say. The National Park Service has made videos praising Islam for its contribution to women's rights. That's right. This is the very same Islam that allows gang rape, genital mutilation of its daughters, honor killings, and children and babies to marry middle-aged men so that they can rape them. Is this a deliberate omission of the truth? Well, of course it is. This is an outrageous propaganda machine at work within the National Park Service. Here's a picture here of a lady, uh, an Islamic lady, getting ready to be hung. Uh, for who knows what unjust reason, but you know that's just part of the game when you when you're in that devil death cult known as Islam, shamelessly using children to argue that it, uh, now I guess that they're using children in this in these videos. The national park. What is the national park service? Why are they concerning themselves with promoting Islam and praising Islam? I mean, obviously they 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 hate Christianity. Why on God's green earth are they promoting Islam? I mean, how unjust is that? So, shamelessly using children to argue that Islam, the religion of nothing but lies, murder, torture, and deceit, advocates women's right is as accurate as Hitler being touted as an advocate for Jewish rights. It's a total fabrication invented by deliberate deceivers. What is the motive for the National Park Service to put out such videos? With the service fading sequestration and cuts, this just might be a way for the Park Service to get money. Well, hey, our, our president's Islamic. He's installed all kind of, of Islamic devils in high political offices. I've documented all that. So, sure, I mean, I, I would imagine that Obama would have a lot of incentive plans to promote his his religion and and to, and I guess the National Park Service is just following suit to try to get this whatever money they're going to get from him. That's what I think it is. Um, and this is coming out of taxpayer wallets. Prop up Islam as the religion dedicated to women, the rights of women, and reap the financial benefits. Um, let's go forward here. One student says on camera, people think that Islam oppresses women and that there's no equality. But they're wrong. There's equality. Oh, why? Because you said it was so? So, oh, wow, way to refute all of the thousands of years of documented horrific treatment of women and other religions in this world, I I guess we'll just sweep all that under the rug because your one statement saying that there is equality in Islam with women, that makes it all go away. You know, that's all I need to hear. I don't know about you. There is no equality. This is a child speaking. In other words, it was a child on the video, evidently. Just this past week, an eight-year-old girl died of internal injuries on her wedding night in Yemen. A baby, um, the, she was eight years old, and the groom was 40. This is an outrage and an absolute disgrace. The man who violated her should have been put to death for this. Amen and amen. Okay? This was all over the news. Eight-year-old... This pedophilic maggot marries an eight-year-old little girl, goes, violates her on the wedding night, and she dies from internal injuries. Okay? This is Islam. This is the face, the lovely face of Islam that I am trying desperately to get out to the world. That the, that the mass media just loves to suppress. You know? They'll demonize Christianity till the cows come home. And, and I understand Christianity is a loose term anymore with, you know, Catholics calling themselves Christians and the 501c3 corporate church. But I'm talking in general here. 
Islam has this unbelievably protected status, and they do some of the most atrocious things on the planet on a daily basis, and day in and day out, they're protected. And the more evil they become, it seems like the more protected that they are. And here we have an eight-year-old dying of internal injuries on her wedding night in Yemen. And, um, you know, this is just Islam for you. And this religion devoted to the women's rights should be directly held accountable for such an atrocity. A child forced into marriage before she's old enough to menstruate is the most definite proof that Muslim savages do not value women in the least bit. And again, I would have to say amen to all of that. Now, my comment... I said, now hold on. This demon-possessed Islamic pedophile was only following in the footsteps of his master, the Prophet Muhammad, who started this black death cult. I mean, this guy that, that did this on, on the wedding night, well, he just did the same thing that, that Muhammad did. Well, what do you mean? Well, didn't you ever hear about the child bride of Muhammad? This was admitted, this was written about. I've got all the quotes from all their unholy writings. The thought of an old man becoming, an, becoming intimate with a child... Okay, um, so, becoming intimate with a child is beyond disturbing. The only name for that is pedophilia. One of the most despicable crimes imaginable. And all humans, including animals, are protective of children. Now, let, think about this. All humans, including animals, are protective of children. Okay? A child's cry for help, any child, even the child of other species, arouses tenderness in even most animals. My comment, what does this say about the parents who give their daughters up to these Muslim slime bags? I hold them more accountable. The pedophile is just going to be a devil, a demon in, in human form. Okay, They are what they are. But the parent who gives their daughter to one of these Devils. To me, they're, they're almost worse. Because they're enabling this type of satanically possessed behavior to go on. Pedophiles are amongst the sickest people because they violate the trust of children. It is hard to believe that the prophet of Islam, the man literally worshipped and emulated by over a billion Benighted souls was indeed a despicable pedophile. Well, it's not hard to believe. It's an absolute fact. Muhammad married Aisha when she was six years old and admitted and consummated his marriage, raped her when she was nine. Okay, basically the same thing this guy just did. Okay, he was 54 years old then. This guy was 40. So he was 14, you know, 14 uh, years his senior. This is Islam. This is the foundation of Islam. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, the foundations of this, this death cult were evil and corrupt from the very beginning. And therefore, it can only yield evil fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. This devil cult can only yield evil fruit. Taylor was just asking me questions on how could this be? How could a grown, you know, 40-year-old guy be attracted to an 8-year-old and that they're not developed and the pheromone levels, I mean, that has a lot to do with, I guess, attraction and these types of things. They're not even there. And and I just told her, I said, these people are demon-possessed to the toenails. They are commissioned by Satan to do his bidding. And Satan, one of Satan's main goals is to defile and destroy innocence. And little children are usually the best example of innocence that, you know, as far as in human form that we can get because they haven't, you know, had all the things happen to them that, that a, a lot of the scars that an adult would have, you know. And the quicker he can defile them, the earlier, the better. This is Satan's, this is very, very near and dear to Satan's heart. His black heart. And this is why this is all going on. So... Um, the evidence of, of this type of behavior is overwhelming, and um, it, is, it is actually reported by Aisha re regarding her marriage to Muhammad, 
herself in dozens of what they call hadiths and Muslims have never questioned it up until now uh, because the people have started raising an eyebrow. Let it be clear, the Muslims are not ashamed of the fact that their prophet was a pedophile. They themselves have practiced this heinous act for over a thousand years and many of them are still doing it. They are only embarrassed that the world is questioning them for it, but the proof is totally overwhelming. Now, here are four different quotes, and I'm only going to read one. But from one's from the, I guess, Sahira Muslim book, and the other two are from the Sahira Burkhari, Volume 7, Book 62, Number 64. And this is actually by Aisha. And she said that the prophet married her when she was six years old, and he consummated his marriage when she was nine years old, meaning he raped her when she was nine, and then she she remained for him for nine years till his death. And what a wonderful day that was. Oh, sorry. But I'm sorry. I mean, uh, pedophiles like this, I don't... (laughs) You know, you do that to a little little, uh, innocent child, and that should be an absolute death sentence right there. Um... Anyway, so back to the main report. So this is the main report we were talking about earlier. So, so, so what about gang rape and genital mutilations? Late in June, British media reported that Sahir al-Bati, a Egypt girl, aged 13, died during a female genital mutilation operation. Now, I got into this before, talked about this before, where they, like, mutilate, these teenage girls, these prepubescent, typically, teenage girls, or right on the verge of puberty, right in that area, that she was age 13, with razor blades. They do these operations with razor blades. And these demon-possessed Muslim women basically have to hold down their own daughters while some butcher woman with a razor blade goes in there. And I've even heard that, you know, hey, you you come here and you pay an extra $5 and you get a new razor blade as opposed to one that was used before. I mean, I I can't even... This this religion is so off-the-hook evil. I, I, I just... It defies my comprehension. Oh, it's no wonder if you would do that to your daughter. It's no wonder you'd, you'd let him go off with a, with a 50-year-old guy and, and let him, you know... Raper. Talk about no natural affection. Affection in Islam is so warped and so sick and so twisted, I can't even comprehend it. And it just goes to show you there is no love in that religion. There is none. There is no Christ-like godly love. There is none. There is only fear of Allah and evil. Fear of some fallen angel that you worship that that prescribes all of these different evil things you have to follow because you are following a devil. And so when you're following a devil, he's going to require you to do some really evil, heinous things. So this is why this religion is so incredibly warped and twisted. So this lady, um, she died, this little girl, 13, died after a female genital mutilation operation. She reportedly perished from blood loss while being subjected to the, uh, um, just call it FGM, female genital mutilation, in a village north of Cairo. The latest terrible death of a FG, FGM of a girl in early adolescence provoked widespread outrage at this practice, disregarding public opinion, uh, representatives of the Muslim Brotherhood, according to the British Broadcasting Company, defended FGM as, quote, Islamic. See, as long as it's Islamic, it's good. doesn't matter what the outcome, it's good, you know. And they're sick, twisted minds. This is nothing short of barbaric. The scope of abuse is unfathomable. In June, six Muslim men received community service for gang-raping a 15-year-old Swedish girl. And this occurred in a Western country, I'm assuming Sweden, where they've taken over there, to a large extent, that is working, that is obviously being taken over by these barbarians, just like we are in the United States. The National Park Service, hey, those are the ones that just, we just talked about? Yeah, the ones banning, trying to ban Christian baptisms in public waters? Yeah, the National Park Service is working overtime 
to convince gullible people that Islam is a leader in women's rights. It's deplorable. Gang rapes, honor killings, and atrocious stories of abuse are found coming from all parts of the world, and they have one thing in common, Islam. And the National Park Service is getting money for this. Is the National Park Service getting money for this via the federal government? Well, surely they are. Just like Planned Parenthood receives taxpayer money, so is the National Park Service. We just don't see it firsthand, but it is happening. The National Park Service also has made inroads promoting marriage rights for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender population. Why, you know, again... Why is the National Park Service trying to promote all of these wicked agendas? Because they are wicked. They are totally wicked at this point, and the evidence is there. So it's no wonder so many people go into these national parks every year now, and they're getting abducted, never, never to be heard from again. It's no wonder that you know they turn these things into these UN National Global Heritage Sites, and they go in there, and there's huge parks, parts of the park that are cordoned off, where most likely there's underground bases. Just got to witness that, you know, when it was in the Gatlinburg area. There's a lot of evidence of that in Tennessee. That's what's going on. Perfect cover for for staging of foreign troops in underground bases. National parks. So they're just, they've turned into nothing more than an absolute total uh, tool of Satan to be used. Um, going further here, uh, so their uproarious support of Islam's women's rights is hardly surprising. Lies are lies, and when told enough, people start believing them. On one of these national parks, Islamic propaganda videos, a Muslim woman states, quote, Islam gave women a whole bunch of rights that Western women acquired later in the 19th and 20th centuries. And we've had these rights since the 7th century AD. And it's just not acknowledged worldwide. She continued by saying Islam within itself, Islam itself means peace. Oh, isn't that special? So therefore, because it came out of her mouth, that means it's so, right? I mean, it, it, it's all, all it matters is a statement, right? And it just, it's true. We all know it's true, even though everything indicates that that is a total lie from the pit of hell. There is no truth in that. You're telling me Islam gave us women's rights? <laughs> yeah, right, uh-huh. It, it, because of what happened in the 7th century, Islam is, is, has been suppressed from day one. Has been pedophilic from day one. Just look at Muhammad. Okay? What about the, the rights of, you know, the six-year-old Aisha? <laughs> or, or when she was, and he probably raped her right then, but admitted to consummating the marriage when she was nine. Yeah, she had a lot of rights. Yeah, that Islam's done so much for women's rights. I mean, I'd say it's a bastion, of, of, of a safe tower that any woman worldwide, globally, could run into and feel safe and secure in the arms of Allah and Islam, right? Because these Islamic women said it was so. Well, you know what? They're commanded to lie in the Quran and other unholy writings in order to advance the agenda of Islam. They're, they're, they're told to do that. The, their Bible, the Quran says Allah was the best of all deceivers. Okay? If Allah, if we're supposed to emulate whatever God that we're worshiping, well then you were, obviously their adherents are supposed to be the best of deceivers as well. And they are. Of course, this isn't very good, but I mean, you know, if this is all they've got, you know, this religion of peace. Islam is, Islam is peace is the biggest lie of all, but most sheep will just take it in and nod in agreement. Let's continue. Report, Tunisian girls are coming home pregnant after performing sexual jihad in Syria. This is from Reuters. A number of girls from Tunisia have become pregnant after traveling to Syria to participate in sexual jihad. Um, according to Tunisia's interior minister, the girls are sexually swapped between 20 to 30 to 100 rebels, and they come back bearing the uh, fruit of sexual contacts, meaning they're pregnant, in the name of sexual jihad, and we are silent, doing nothing and standing idly by. 
Hey, they're only swap between as much as a hundred of the rebels. One girl. You know, that's holy, right? That's holy. That's righteous. That's peaceful. That's women's rights there, baby. Right? Come on. I mean, isn't that women's rights personified? I think all, all my women listeners would agree with me on this one, right? Come on. I mean, this is, this is the personification of, of, of equal rights for women. I'm trying to get people mad from the standpoint, I want them to be righteous and dignant about this because I believe when you are righteous and dignant, I believe many times those are the prayers God hears. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case, but I know some of my prayers, when I get mad enough about sin, I know for a fact that God has heard those prayers. You think God's mad about this? You can't hide anything from God. He knows everything. So he's there when it's happening. And he's holy and pure and righteous and sinless, so it grieves him probably a million more times than it even grieves us. Think about that one for a minute. They're swapping these girls between up to a hundred rebels. Oh, but this is Islam. This is the religion of peace. This is where our, our money's going, right? Obama's backing these guys. These are the same rebels that we're backing. These are the same ones that have launched that chemical attack. It wasn't Assad. They've denied it from day one and they have all the proof. But it doesn't matter because they're lying. Because Obama has to have his war in Syria. He has to have Syria. So we're just going to call them liars. No, these are the same guys. Raping the same girl a hundred times by a hundred different guys. Who knows what else is going on? After these sexual liaisons, they have in the name of Jihad al-Nakah, which means sexual holy war in Arabic. Can you imagine if Christians were doing this? You know that that would be front page across every paper worldwide overnight. Look at the hypocritical devil Christians raping people in the name of God. I'm, I'm trying to like turn it around. No, but they can do it all day long. It's just it's it's on page nine B in the uh, you know world section of most papers if it's even in there at all. Probably not in there at all. Where, I mean, again, where's the outrage? And so they have this um, jihad al-Nika, holy sexual jihad, and they come home pregnant. He did not elaborate on how many Tunisian women had returned to the country pregnant with the children of jihadist fighters. Um, jihad al-Nika, permitting extramarital sexual relations with multiple partners, is considered by some hardline Sunni Muslim Salafists as a legitimate form of holy war. Meaning, you impregnate the women to produce more babies, to produce more Muslims. That's how they wage war, through population growth. Uh, then he goes on to say that um, this Tunisia's interior minister then also says they had taken a number of steps to stem the flow of Tunisians traveling to Syria. Why on God's green earth would these girls want to go over there? Um, well, I guess we get that next. Tunisia's former Mufti, the, which is the country's highest religious official, warned earlier this year that 13 Tunisian girls were fooled into traveling to Syria to offer sexual services for the rebels. He described the practice as a form of prostitution. More fruit of Islam. What about this? Syrian woman sets her and her four daughters on fire after being gang-raped in Turkey... In the Turkey uh, camp. Okay, so now, if they stay in Syria, they're being gang raped by the rebels. Okay, the ones we're backing with our tax dollars through Obama. Okay, and I'm going to prove that, that we're continuing to back them, and we're continuing to give them more and more weapons. I'm going to prove that a little bit later. It's public knowledge, it's in the news. Recent reports indicate that rape and sexual abuse are rampant in many camps set up in Turkey for Syrian refugees. Let's hear this little report. Okay. Lord, who is 
As almost every major world country is rushing to find a political solution to the crisis in Syria that of course fulfills its own agenda, at the same time much deeper humanitarian pandemics which target Syrian refugees are taking place under the surface. Reports indicate that several Syrian women who'd crossed the border to find refuge in one of Turkey's camps have been subjected to rape and abuse. Turkish security forces are not in control of these camps and the abuses that are taking place in the camps by the foreign-backed terrorists are dreadful. When there are guns and weapons in these camps, of course you can expect rape. These terrorists think they have all the power and the women are vulnerable. In the meantime, Turkey's main opposition... So, they, if they stay in Syria, the rebels rape them, and then when they flee across the border into Turkey, they're getting raped in the camps there by the wonderful Muslims. I mean, I can't imagine a worse thing than being a Muslim woman. Or, or being even a woman, what's even worse, I guess, is being a non-Muslim woman in one of these occupied places like this. Because according to the Quran, they can do to you whatever they want. You're an infidel, and... You know, we'll rape you, we'll do whatever you want, and we'll kill you if we want. CHP party has requested to visit the camps to get a closer look inside. However, their request was denied by the Turkish government, leaving many to believe that there is much to hide. A lot of times when these people are escaping the war, they get separated, which makes them susceptible to all kinds of dangerous things. All Turkish men are marrying young Syrian refugees. I want to shed light on this issue. We must pay attention to this issue because they are doing it without the girls' consent. Clerics backing those Tekfiri militants have also issued fatwas, calling on young girls from around the world to go to Syria and be sex partners of the insurgents. This has left many young naive women sitting ducks at the hands of the insurgents. Analysts have told Press TV that these women, many of them from Tunisia, have traveled to Syria through Turkey. Excuse my bluntness, 10, 20, 30 men take turns with the girls. Then they return here pregnant from these sexual contracts. Now, new reports say a Syrian woman who was gang-raped by foreign-backed militants in a Turkish refugee camp returned to Syria and set herself and four daughters on fire out of distress. She set herself and four daughters on fire because I believe she'd been dishonored. And in that particular environment, their lives are over anyway. Now, I don't agree with that, what she did, but it shows a picture of her literally being totally on fire. I didn't, thank God her four daughters aren't in the picture, but her and her own four daughters, she set them on fire. This is how desperate these women are becoming. Syrian refugees in camps such as Yolada, Hatay, Rihanli, and Kilis not only face maltreatment and sometimes the lack of food, but are also subject to a crackdown by Turkish security forces. There are accusations that the Turkish security forces have abused refugee girls and women. According to some Turkish media and news networks, since August 2012, 400 Syrian women have been raped. 250 of those rape cases resulted in pregnancy. Serena Shim, Press TV, Istanbul. More fruit of Islam. Just the fruit keeps coming, you know. It just never ends with this death cult. I, it's just unbelievable. This was a little piece written by a lady named Noni Darwish, and um, this was written by a woman born in Egypt as a Muslim. It's called The Joys of Muslim Women. I, I think I've read parts of this before. Uh, but I think it's appropriate to read some more of it at this point. In the Muslim faith, a Muslim man can marry a child as young as one year old and have sexual in intimacy with this child, consummating the marriage by nine, because that's when Aisha, I guess, was whatever. Not to say that there's not babies being raped. Okay, I guarantee you that's going on. The dowry is given to the family in exchange for the woman who becomes his slave and for this purchase of, of the private parts of the woman to use her as his own little sex toy. Even though a woman is abused, she cannot obtain a divorce. To prove rape, the woman must have four male witnesses. That never happens. Often after a woman has been raped, she is returned to her family, and the family must return the dowry. The family has the right to execute her, then. So she's been raped. Okay. 
then they're like, okay, you're, you're no good. We raped you. We're not going to admit it because we're all a bunch of slime bags. And we're going to return you because now you're damaged goods. So now the family has a right to execute her, an honor killing, um, to restore honor to the family. Because, you know, it's, it's so important that they have their honor, you know. Because this is such an honorable religion and peaceful, too, you know. And so, um, the husbands can beat their wives at will, and he does not have to say why he has even beaten her. The husband is permitted to have four wives and a temporary wife for an hour, which is like a prostitute at his discretion. I've went over that before, the temporary marriages, how they'll go in and rape little girls, and the fathers will give their little uh, girls up. I told that, that story about the Ayatollah Khomeini, and heard her screaming the whole night in the next room, and the little girl, uh, and, and the father and the mother evidently were okay with it, you know? Hearing, her, hearing their screams of their little three-year-old daughter as Ayatollah Khomeini was in there raping her the whole night. And he got up, refreshed the next morning, and went his merry way, and they all felt good. They felt like they had done something really good for Islam and for the cause of Allah. This is Islam. What other religion could you get away with this type of garbage on planet Earth? I mean, openly, like part of the religion. You know, I, I don't know of any. I really don't. So, um, the Shahara law controls the private as well as the public life of the women. In the Western world, Canada, Australia, United States, and Britain, Muslim men are starting to demand Sharia, I'm sorry, Sharia law. So the wife cannot obtain a divorce and he can have full and complete control of her. That would be a main reason. These sick men want to have the Sharia law so that they can have their cake and eat it too and be able to abuse the women and their, and their little girls any way that they want to abuse them. And then it's all lawful. I mean, this is the perfect religion if you're really, really sick and twisted in the head and really perverted. It's the perfect religion for you. Perfect religion for a pedophile. Perfect religion for a control freak. Perfect religion for somebody who's already demon-possessed. I mean, hey, everything you got everything you want. It's all in one spot, you know, if you're a guy. So, um, it's amazing and alarming how many of our sisters and daughters attending American, Canadian universities and British universities are now marrying Muslim men. This is something I can't even remotely comprehend or understand. These women marrying Muslim men that know better. And then submitting themselves and their children unsuspectingly to Sharia law. By passing this on, enlightened Canadian, Australian, American, and British women may avoid becoming a slave under Sharia law. Author and lecturer Noni Darwish says the goal of, of radical Islamists is to impose Sharia law on the world, ripping Western law and liberty in two. She re recently authored a book entitled Cruel and Unusual Punishment, the Terrifying Global Implication of, of, of Islamic Law. Darwish was born in Cairo, spent her childhood in Egypt and Gaza before immigrating to America in 1978 when she was eight years old. Her father died while leading covert attacks on Israel. He was a high-ranking Egyptian military officer stationed with his family in Gaza. When he died, he was considered a shahid, or a martyr for jihad. That title ain't going to help him any in hell, though. Anyway, his posthumous state's um, status earned Noni and her family an elevated position in Muslim society. But Darwish developed a skeptical eye at an early age. He questioned her own Muslim culture, upbringing. She converted to Christianity after hearing a Christian preacher on television. In her latest book, Darwish warns about the creeping Sharia law, what it is, what it means, and how it is manifested in Islamic countries. For the West, she says radical Islamists are working to impose Sharia law all over the world. If that happens, Western civilization will be destroyed. Westerners generally assume all religions encourage a respect for dignity of each individual. Islamic Sharia law teaches that non-Muslims should be subjugated or killed. Flat out. Kill and slay the infidel. I've given you all the quotes from the Quran before. Behead them, you know, do all this stuff. While the Westerners tend to think that all religions encourage some form of the golden rule, Sharia teaches two systems of ethics. One for the Muslims, and another for non-Muslims. Building on tribal practices of the 7th century, Sharia encourages the side of humanity that wants to take from and subjugate others. 
I mean, it is a totally self-centered, evil, devil religion that has no redeeming value, that is totally based on deceit, evil, lies, and perverted pedophilia. And this is why the New World Order loves it so much. And this is why it has such a protected status, because it is so evil. And again, that is exactly why. The more evil it is, the more Satan is going to try to protect it. And this is what we're seeing here. Uh, while Westerners tend to think of uh, of religious people developing a personal understanding of and relationship with God, Sharia advocates executing people who ask difficult questions that could be interpreted as criticism. <laughs> well, that's that's you know that's above the board. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Um, Let's go further here. It's hard to imagine that in this day and age, Islamic scholars agree that those who criticize Islam or choose to stop being Muslim should be executed. Darwish explains how petrodollars are being used to grow an extremely intolerant form of political Islam in her native Egypt and elsewhere. All this money that we're paying for all this overseas gas and oil, all of that, a ton of that money is going into advancing the agenda of Islam. And yet we have all of these untapped resources in this country that, I mean, we have more oil than they've got. We've got, and I don't even know how many times over, yet we refuse to go into those oil fields and those types of things because this whole system has been set up by the New World Order in order to bring about control. And um, not only that, but then you get into free energy and all this other stuff, which has been suppressed for years and you know, which would even do away with the need for all this oil. You know, that's a whole other study there. So let's go further here. Uh, in 20 years, there will be enough Muslim voters in Canada, Australia, and the U.S. to elect the heads of government by themselves. This is this whole sexual jihad. Literally, through enough breeding, they'll be able to have the numbers. Okay, that's what they're working for. Breeding. They're doing it through breeding. And recruiting. You know, but I think most of it's through breeding. Rest assured, they will do so. You can look at how they have taken over several towns in the USA. Dearborn, Michigan is one, and there are others. Britain has several cities now totally controlled by Muslims. I think everyone in Canada, Australia, and the U.S. Great Bridge should be required to read this. Uh, but with the ACLU, there's no way this will be widely publicized unless each of us sends it on. Muslims have armies that are willing to shed blood in the name of Islam. The peaceful Muslims support the warriors with their finances and their own kind of patriotism to their religion. While Canada, Australia, and the USA and Britain are getting rid of Christianity and erasing God from all public sites, the Muslims are playing in a great jihad on North America, Australia, Britain, and elsewhere. So, let's go further here. Canada. Firefighter dies after Muslim attempts to behead him without provocation in a Toronto cafe. This just happened the other day. Aside from being a firefighter in Markham, which is the city I guess he lives, Mr. Parker also worked as a freelance set designer and just finished shooting a Christmas commercial Friday night around 8 p.m. that night. Later, now this is in Canada. Later, he decided to stop by uh, the Rotana Cafe where he knows the owner. It was while sitting on a couch sipping tea that Mr. Parker was stabbed repeatedly in the head by a stranger. Police are calling it a completely random act of violence. My comment, instead of calling it a pre-planned Islamic jihad hate crime. No, it was this just random act of violence. We don't know what even instigated it. It is unclear how many times Mr. Parker was stabbed, but his most serious injury was a knife wound that went through the back of his head and through his brain. Doctors surgically removed part of Mr. Parker's skull to release some pressure, but his wounds proved too grave. Nabil Herhui, an Islam, uh, Muslim of 23 years old, was a, and that was totally downplayed in this whole thing. This article, if you would have just read it, they, they didn't even mention the fact that it has any kind of Islamic you know, whatever, even though the guy was, did this regarding, um, this, he was an, he was a Muslim doing this for jihad. Anyway, this guy, 23 year old was arrested in Scarborough Saturday afternoon in charge with first degree murder at the age of 40. Mr. Parker, who was the firefighter that died, decided to fill his, his lifelong dream of becoming a firefighter and signed up with the Markham Fire and Emergency Services. This guy sitting in a cafe, doing, bothering nobody, sipping tea, and this 
stinking maniac comes in and just decides to basically uh, try to behead him. Right there in front of everybody. That's Islam. The fruit of Islam. Here's, a no- here's another one. Jihadist on a mission from Allah paints his face and fatally stabs store clerk 17 times. Where was this? This was in California. This was just on August 8th of this year. Man walks into a hardware store and fatally stabs a clerk 17 times, all in the name of Allah. Didn't even know the guy. Guy had never done nothing to him before. Does anyone get tired of these stories? This did not happen in Egypt. This happened in California. Yet, you will not be reading much about this from the mainstream media. Oh, no, it's not politically correct. It's, it's a religion of peace. It, it, it deserves this protected status. Can you imagine if a Christian did that? Pastor of a church goes in and stabs a guy. <laughs> Front page news all over the world. But this, no. Did you hear about this on mainstream news? No. Of course not. Okay, so continuing on here. Uh, the 34-year-old Sacramento man who went to L. Sabrante Hardware Store on a mission from Allah. This was what he said, on a mission, quote, on a mission from Allah to help people. End of quote. He's going to help us. by being. So what kind of mission from Allah, this is his, evidently, his definition of helping people. Um, he did this before fatally stabbing an employee 17 times, and uh, he was arraigned on murder charges Tuesday, prosecutor said. Damon Agnew, charged with murder with the use of a knife in Sunday slaying of the 49-year-old Daniel Stone at Oliver's Ace Hardware. According to witnesses, surveillance video and the defendant's own account, Agnew went to the store, walked up to Stone and a customer as they were discussing a paint purchase. Sounds pretty wicked. I can understand why he'd want to kill this guy, you know. After Stone told Agnew that he would help the customer on his own, Agnew used the store's spray paint to paint his face in Oakland Raiders silver and black, which is always important, you know. It's good to, you know, for Raider Nation, it's good to represent, for and to represent for Allah as well. Anyway, then he said, he said he did this because the football team is, quote, in favor with Allah. And it's good enough for me. I mean, you know, I, I never knew that the Oakland Raiders and their colors were in favor with Allah, but now I do. Now I've been enlightened. And then it goes on to say, Agnew stabbed Stone at least once in the store, and that wasn't enough. After Stone after Stone told colleagues to call 911, Knox said, and then Agnew allegedly stabbed Stone many more times outside the store before running to a nearby creek. So it wasn't good enough to stab him once. He had to, I guess, wait till the guy stumbled out of the store and then he got him there really bad. I guess 16 more times. He stabbed him outside the store. This is absolutely bizarre. What did the Oakland Raiders have to do with jihad? There is no doubt that the religion of peace is creating some of the most criminally insane minds of our generation. These people go into this demon infested. But... When you go in and you start worshiping that devil, death, fallen angel, small g, God, Allah, guaranteed you're taking on a boatload of demons. So he brings up a good point that this religion of peace is creating some of the most criminally insane minds of our generation. All these people over that that are just doing this stuff in Syria, these rebels that we're backing from America. Raping girl, uh, one girl, uh, you know, passing around a hundred different guys. Beheading Christians, killing them. We're going to talk more about that. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, you got to be demon possessed to do this type of stuff. A normal sane person just doesn't go around doing this. But this seems to be becoming more and more the norm of what Islam is. It's demon possession is what we're dealing with here, on a mass, mass scale, under the protected guise of a, quote, religion. America needs to have some candid discussion about Islamists. They cannot coexist here. Amen. Just once, I would like to see one of these hate crimes treated with the same media hype as the Martin Zimmerman case. If the mainstream media will not report these hate crimes, then someone has to. 
Now, this is the guy writing the article. Agnew's family noted that he had recently converted to Islam. This is this idiot that painted his face in Raiders colors and, and stabbed this guy 17 times. People need to understand that it's not always about years of conditioning. The truth is, is that bad people tend to convert to Islam simply to have an excuse for their bad behavior. You know what? That's a great point that he just brought up. Like I just said, every every sick, twisted pedophile on the planet, I'm surprised they're not converting to Islam. Well, we already know that TSA has, has, has attracted all of these disgusting pedophiles into their ranks and these criminals. Well, it's the same thing with Islam, and you're going to see that more and more and more. People that are, that, where they can literally get away with this type of behavior, and it be legal under Sharia law. Um, angry young men are attracted to this religion of peace and don't think they're not. How many people have to suffer horrific deaths before America starts talking about this issue? It will be a lot more as long as we have a president who is on his own personal jihad. Well, he's a Muslim, so I mean... Why wouldn't he ignore all this? If a Christian would have done this on a, quote, mission from God, this would have certainly been national news. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so let's go further here. I'm trying to see where we're at on time here. Okay, so next report. Al-Qaeda leader bleed America through new attacks. The uh, Al-Qaeda leader... Aman al-Zawari has urged small-scale attacks inside the United States to, quote, bleed America economically. Now, what did we just see? This guy that just, that, that was an example of a small-scale attack. You know, you, one attack like that can sometimes, if it's done in the right way, lock down a whole area or, or uh, institute, let's say that, that took place, let's say three of those attacks took place in that community. You realize that whole area would probably be under martial law by nightfall. Possibly. If they were going to try to use it in that regard. In other words, small-scale terrorist attacks can mean literally millions and millions and millions of dollars of expenditure on the U.S. government in order to, whatever, protect the populace. So this Al-Qaeda leader, Ayman al-Zawari, has urged small-scale attacks inside the United States to, quote, bleed America economically, adding that he hoped eventually to see a more significant strike. This is according to the Search for International Terrorist Entities Intelligence Group Monitoring Service. In an audio speech released online a day after the 12th anniversary of the 9-11 strikes, Zawari said attacks by one brother or a few of the brothers would weaken the U.S. economy by triggering big spending on security. And then he said, quote, we should bleed America economically by provoking it to continue on its massive expenditure on security for the weak point of America in its economy, which has already begun to stagger due to the military and security expenditure, he said. At the same time, he told Muslims to seize any opportunity to land a large strike on the United States, even if it took years of patience. So, I mean, you know, their, their heart's in the right place. I mean, these guys are to be trusted, and they're fun guys, and, and you know, there's no reason we shouldn't trust them, obviously, with, with statements like that and, that, and that's their main guys saying this type of stuff. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and stop here, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to part three, and this should be the final, the final part. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.